Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. My name is Patricia Wooster. I am the founder of Wooster Media Publishing. I am a 13-time traditionally published author, 
and book coach, and I help leaders and entrepreneurs create an impact with their words through high-impact books. And today, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what makes a great book. And this is either whether you're an author or a reader, um, as most people in this room probably spend a lot of time reading personal development and thought leadership books. But what is it that makes a really great book? What makes one stand the test of time and build raving fans? And it really comes down to something super simple. It's the right message to the right person at the right time. And when even one of these is out of alignment, it just lands differently. And think back to some of those books that you loved as a kid. And for me, it was like Shel Silverstein. If you guys know who he is, he writes really funny poems where he took very complex themes and helped them make sense to kids. Or are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, right? Answered some of those tough questions that pre-internet and maybe before our mothers had really open and candid conversations with them, with us. And so that was a right book at the right time to the right audience. Obviously, those books wouldn't hit me quite the same way today. And so there's five keys to a great book. And the first one is, is that the author has a vision. The author knows who they are, what they want to accomplish with their book, and they're building the audience that helps them take them to that next step. So they're very passionate about the audience that they're working towards, and they have their own personal next steps, and they're going to have a path at the end of that book to continue to serve them. So an example is a book that I discovered that Brian Benstock and I both, it's a favorite of ours. It's the 5 a.m. Club, Own Your Morning, Elevate Your Life. The author of that book, Robin Sharma, he walked away from a really successful law career and became a humanitarian and leadership advisor. And each of his books give the reader an opportunity to take a parallel journey to the one he has taken. He's optimized his own personal performance and brings that to his audience. So he has a clear vision. Number two, they know their audience. Generalist books are never defined as great. You're never going to hear somebody walking around and talking about this amazing book for dummies that they just read and how everybody should go out and get it because it changed their life. There's a need for how-to books, but those generalist books are never going to be defined as great. The other thing is your book is not for everyone. You want to attract the right audience and you want to repel the rest. You want to have a very defined reader that you're speaking to. And most authors, what they do is they do this very simple demographic type of avatar exercise, the kind that we've done for our businesses to define. And what they do is they fail in this department um, because they haven't really taken that next step to get to know their reader. And this is one of the number one reasons, by the way, if you want to get a traditional book deal, that your book proposal won't make it past the second page is because you haven't dialed in to who that real audience members are. And so after kind of studying this for a while and going through the process, what I created is this framework around a 10x reader. And this is when you absolutely know where your reader wants to be in their life in the next two or three years. And this is important for your customer journey as well. If you know who that person is, then you can figure out what stories, case studies, examples to use in your book 
show them people doing it, inspire and empower them that they can do it too. And when you can lock in on this, this is what makes a really great book. This is what makes it sticky. And this will build raving fans for you, your book and your business. So those are two really important things. And an example of this is Miracle Morning. So Miracle Morning has sold millions of copies and it's created a movement. This was a self-published book, by the way, a movement based on a morning routine. A huge room here on Clubhouse in the mornings is a Miracle Morning room based on this book. The routine's simple and it's an easy way for people to get started who don't have a pre-established morning routine. Whereas the 5 a.m. club that I talked about earlier, it requires a lot of deep work. It's kind of for somebody ready to kind of move past. They've got a morning routine, but now they're ready to kind of really optimize it. And a great example of kind of this right person, right time. And if you spent some time in my room, you kind of know my story. Is back in 2017, I had a really unexpected and very serious lung surgery. I think it's like the second or third most painful recuperation a person can have from surgery. And I was off my feet. I was, my nights and days were all messed up. I had no routine. Um, I couldn't focus very well. I mean, I couldn't have read the 5 a.m. club. It would, I wouldn't have even processed it. But I was desperate to get back to some sort of routine. So the simplicity of the Miracle Morning was absolutely perfect for where I was in my life. But now the 5 a.m. club, the Miracle Morning wouldn't even land right for me now. So it's very important to know who your audience is, where they're at, and meet them where they're at, and then take them further than where they are now. The third thing is they take the reader on a hero's journey. This is fiction, nonfiction. And a few weeks ago, I, I broke down that hero's journey. But great books and great authors don't only share their Ferrari moments. People quickly tune out when there's no journey, no growth, no trials or tribulations to overcome because they just can't relate. That's not real life. People buy books to solve a problem, learn something new, or to under... Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Go a transformation. They want to see you, the author, someone else who's done that hard work, face the lion and came out the other side stronger or wiser. And when it comes to people, I mostly work with people that end up self-publishing books. Some go into traditional, but most of them want to get their book out to market quick. When people come to me and they've already started writing, this is one of the top places where there's a, there's a disconnect. It's that they start the, in the beginning of their book sharing their Ferrari moments, their accomplishments, their awards, almost justifying why it's okay that they're writing the book. And you got to remember, Remember, typically when people open your book, they've already bought it. You don't need to sell yourself. This is the time in the beginning of your book to let your reader know, hey, I get you. I, I understand what your problem is. I'm going to help you provide a solution, and I want you to take this journey with me. It's such a missed opportunity when we start a book talking about ourselves. Unless that story we're telling in a short form at that point, because they don't care about you yet. 
is a, a mini hero's journey, but you don't have to justify why you're writing a book. If, if you have no background, but you can offer a quick win to your reader, that is so much more valuable than sharing your LinkedIn profile. So it's really, really important. And if you were going to traditionally publish, they would never let you get away with that. So just keep in mind, like we all have a story. We all are justifying writing a book. So you don't start with your Ferrari moment. Now later, they may want to know those things because they've been on the journey with you. So an example of somebody who's done a really good job of this is Glennon Doyle. She wrote the book Untamed, which became a New York Times bestseller. And she takes readers through her journey from divorce, heartbreak, anger. I mean, there's a lot of mixed emotions. Ultimately, is able to moments. She shared when she failed. She shared her vulnerable moments. She shared the cracks. She shared where she still needs to grow. She self as she took them so number three that was stories and this kind of gets back to what you're we saying it's so tempting to tell our really big stories those really important things that happened to us or you know when we met that important person and we got that big thing like we want to share it so bad but there's a way to do it and a way not to and so a really great book is going to put the author, the, where the author puts the reader first. They know how to ask themselves, will this story help my reader get closer to the solution I am offering in my book? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And this story I often share is Brene Brown, because in this room, so many people are familiar with Brene Brown and her works. And let's just think about this. I mean, how many times has she probably, you know, sat on Oprah's couch or, you know, had the, um, I can't even remember what it's called right now, but the Sunday conversations with her, probably flown on some private planes. She's got a Netflix thing out there. I can't even imagine how many exciting moments Brene Brown has had in her life. Yet when you open her books, she shares the simplest of stories. And I remember her sharing a story at the opening of one of her books where she was swimming across a lake with her husband and they got into a little bit of an argument. And it was such a simple story, but I'm sure most people who read it were nodding their head because there was that general understanding and connection that they too had experienced that moment. So it's so important to share the right story. Number five, they deliver a solution, impact, or a transformation to the reader. A really great book is going to have the author is going to identify from the very beginning before they put a word on the page what is that number one thing that i want my reader to walk away with and it's not that they're not going to learn a lot of different things along the way but there's going to be that one thing where if somebody walks up to sarah or nate Rowe or tm and says hey what's your book about these people are going to say basically the same thing they're getting the same main message. A lot of times we like to put so much stuff in there and it becomes almost an encyclopedia, nothing sticky because we're trying to make every single sentence land and be impactful. And we need like some space and some air for ideas to kind of breathe and to give our readers an opportunity to digest it as well. 
So identify what that solution And, you know, that's another thing that has happened with self-publishing. It's opened the doors and created so many tremendous opportunities for so many of us. But it's important to really look at the standards that have been set through some of the most popular and well-respected traditionally published books and see how those books are framed and the framework that they use to kind of bring people to on that journey and give them a deliverable at the end. And, you know, it's, it's funny because um, Dre Baldwin, who is a moderator with me in this room, and he and I have been moderating rooms since first part of January on writing rooms and their Q and A rooms. And we discussed, you know, through text, what we're talking about this afternoon, but we didn't even discuss what I was going to say today. And I saw on his Instagram story yesterday, he was telling a story and it's, it's super, it, it really parallels to what I'm talking about today is a few weeks ago, he and I attended separately the same event. And at this event, it was a four day event and the speakers are not allowed to pitch from stage, but they are allowed to leave a book on every chair. So that's kind of their advertising. And so Dre attended the the event live. I did not. So he came home with a huge stack of books. And he was saying in his Instagram story that he went through those books this weekend. And I mean, there are probably 12 books. And he said out of those 12, only two of them were worth reading. Only two of them provided a solution. He said the other books promised a solution in the beginning of the book and never delivered the solution. And this is what, this is kind of what has happened a lot in the business world is this whole business card type mentality around books. And people think that if they don't share freely, that people won't have a need for their offers and services. And this is absolutely not true. And the other ironic thing, by the way, the two people who did share the solution are actually the two most successful out of those 12. One of them is Myron, by the way, that spoke in this room uh, a few weeks ago. But um, they share freely. Just like I was saying earlier, I attended a two-day workshop, and he shared everything. He did not leave anything out when it came to his methodology, when it came to what he does, when it came to the changes you can make, just like he does in here week after week after week. He doesn't hold it back. Just like I just wrote, I have a book coming out like the end of this year, probably. That's my framework for writing a high impact book. Anything I know about writing books for the most part is in that book. I don't feel like the book's going to put me out of business. When you share freely, people buy into one, it builds trust. Two, then they understand, like they, they attract or repel. They either buy into your framework, your methodology, your point of view, or they opt themselves out. And before I started speaking on Clubhouse, when I was just taking clients, I can't even tell you how many wasted hours I spent on discovery calls with the wrong people. Because I did not have a book out. I wasn't out public speaking about what my methodology, what my belief system is. And so I was spending a lot of time on the phone with people who either I wouldn't take on as clients or they wouldn't want to work with me. So when you put your intellectual property out there, people 
you and the person can have that option of deciding whether you want to work about work together or not. So kind of circling back to what makes a great book, because I think it's so important. There's those books that we read years ago, and for one reason or another, we remember them. There's other books we read, and if somebody said, hey, did you read this? And you say, oh, yeah, that was a good book, but you don't remember really anything specific. And then there's those books that you're like, I cannot believe I just spent two weeks reading this book. And then there's a fourth category, which is the worst, is when you actually pay for somebody's book that was actually just a sales brochure. And then to me, that diminishes in my eyes, I don't want to work with that person if I feel like I bought that kind of book. So those are really the four types of books, but it's very simple if you take some of your favorite books and create a framework and write your book using that framework. So just as the recap on the five, number one, the author has a vision. They know where they're going. They know where their interests are. Number two, they know their audience. Number three, they take their reader on a hero's journey. Number four, they share the right stories at the right time. And number five, they deliver a solution to their reader. So I'd like to leave a little time here. I'm happy to answer questions or if anybody wants to chime in on some of their favorite books and what they think made it impactful, I would love to hear from some of the people on the stage. Um, just flap your mics or just go ahead and um, jump in as well too. Chip? Hey, Patricia. Hi, this Chip. Is Chip. Just wanted to say a fantastic session. Um, if anybody didn't write down those, if anybody here is wanting to write a book and didn't write down those five five tips, then shame on them. <laughs> so that was uh, that was excellent. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gonna gonna uh, I'm gonna try and hop in your room this afternoon as well. So uh, very good stuff. Thanks for the share. Yeah, thank you so much. Hi, Patricia. This is Tony Mo. I had a quick question. Would you yeah. use this same framework when creating or writing a memoir? Or biography. Yeah, so are you writing a memoir to support something else that you do? Like public speaking or a program or coaching or something? Um, no, it would be more so just like the accounts of like um like my life in order to help others not experience or go through some of the things that I have done. Yeah, so I think like the basic premise is the same. I think that um, when it comes to that last part of delivering a solution or an impact, what you would be looking at is more um, a transformation or in a memoir. Sometimes we want people to think about something a little bit differently. Um, I think particular some memoirs where, say, for example, um, Monica Lewinsky, I didn't read hers, but she had a memoir. Okay, so when that was happening in the media, everybody had all sorts of opinions about her, and um, and she really got blasted. Right? But if you read her memoir, I'm guessing because I've read enough articles and I've seen her TED talk, and perspective, then I think you know for most people it would create some kind of transformation in their head or thought reversal on how they view the way maybe young girls. Um, you know, working with their bosses or, or how they would reframe that. And so oftentimes memoirs, you know, really good ones 
they change the way we think about something, particularly if the memoir is not, now she is media famous, if it's not written by somebody famous. So like somebody, say for example, is a breast cancer survivor or something, they write their story, then it's gonna be a learning experience for those that read it. And for people who have had similar, even if it's not the same journey, the same feelings, it creates a transformation for the reader. So I think one, you wanna know who your audience is. So when you're writing a memoir, is your audience somebody who's gone through something similar or would it be something more like for say like a Monica Lewinsky, she wants the public who actually have not gone through something similar to see how that situation happened. So I think you still want to know those five things on a memoir. You just have a little more free reign as far as your storytelling you know, doesn't necessarily always have to be um, as strict on the guidelines around when you tell stories or what kind of stories you tell, because it is your story. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you so much. And I enjoyed your segment. It, it has given me a great, a different perspective on things. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining today, Tony. Always. Debbie, how are you doing today? Hi, wonderful. What a great segment. I really appreciated it. Um, I wrote a book around the time that I was retired. I was retiring from my job as a corporate trainer to become an entrepreneur and do it on my own. So I decided I would take some of the expertise that I had over the years and put it together in a book. At the same time, I had a very inspirational story about a security guard who saved many lives in 9-11. So the book that I wrote was based on the power of friends at work. It was his story very, very briefly. And then it was stories about how powerful partnerships had helped me along the thir my 30 year career. Um, my odd, when I first started writing it, I was so into writing the memoir aspects about my life and this and that. And then I turned it over to my editor who used to be an editor for business at Simon and Schuster. And she said, Debbie, people really don't care about your stories about when you were five years old and you shared space with your sister. And she said, you got to take out a lot of this because your memoir is for yourself, but your audience are people that are going to want tips on corporate aspects of business. So she really revamped a lot of my book and it was really, really helpful. So when you say know your audience, I think that's critical. One of the other things I do, I didn't want it to be too salesy because I really don't care. At this point in my life, I just want to give out the information. So Amazon lets me give the book away free, the Kindle version, three times a year. So from the time that I wrote the book until now, I give a lot of them away. I get them on Kindle, and it's been remarkable the amount of business I got just from giving it in love, giving it in care. As Danielle Delgado said this morning, be caring. I gave it out of caring, and it has really worked um, in a way I did, never expected. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a wonderful segment. It was fabulous. Thank you, Debbie, and congratulations on your book. And it is amazing what can happen when you get good editing advice. And it was funny because, so when I, I was looking for an editor to help with some self-publishing projects, and I was used to working, um, I was fortunate enough to work with Simon Schuster on three of my books. And uh, I went to go, and I know what that editing process looks like. I mean, they, they leave you like, 20,000 comments and things they want changed. And, um, and so I went to go look for an editor and I would just keep getting these 
edits back because they were sample edits and people would tell me how amazing the book was or whatever, which I knew wasn't true, but they wanted the job, you know? And so they, you know, they would tell me how amazing I was. And so I found this guy in the UK and somebody said, well, be careful. Like he's a really good editor, but he's, he's kind of a jerk. I was like, perfect. And so I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to send you a chapter. I want to sample edit. And I was like, I have friends and family that will tell me I'm amazing. I need you to like, tell me what I need to improve. That's what I'm paying you for. And, you know, and he did perfect. And, but one of the things he said that's always stuck with me is that your readers are selfish. They're not picking up their book because they care about you unless they're picking up like Michelle Obama's book, but they still like want to see a piece of themselves in her story in some way. But for most of us, they don't care about us at all. You know, you buy a book to learn something new about yourself or to solve a problem. And so we, you know, oftentimes we do have these amazing stories and we just want to share them so bad or, or they seem to make sense. And then an outside perspective can be like, yeah, I don't think so. That's not going to work for the reader. And that's, you know, that's why it's so important to be aligned with good editors and really not editors that are friends or family or a, a trusted teacher. It needs to be somebody who does that hard work of potentially, you know, hurting your feelings or offending you. But at the end of the day, you know, I would rather have one person give me critical feedback than put something out into the world and have everybody thinking like, what in the heck was she thinking? You know, what is wrong with this person? So thank you so much for your comments, Debbie. Um, and congratulations again on your book. Um, did anybody else have a question or a comment? Patricia. Yes. Oh, hi, Linnell. Hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> Thank you so much for this segment. It's It really ties everything together, especially the hero's story and the journey throughout the process. I'm very grateful for the fact that I, I came into the room this afternoon to hear this message. And what time did you say your uh, class is going to be? Yeah, so it will be under the Breakfast with Champions. Um, so you can click on it and it's already scheduled. And it's from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be Dre Baldwin and I. And we are going to be discussing the top five ways that you can make money from your book. But we're also going to do a really an open Q&A. We really want people to bring questions, anything about writing, publishing, monetizing. Um, we've been running rooms together since the first part of January. We have literally coached. Um, a handful of people from the beginning process to actually publishing their books who came to our rooms um, twice a week forever. But it's going to be a really great conversation. And if anybody's met Dre, he is brutally honest. And um, what makes it work great for us is that we have very unique perspectives about this process. But yeah, anybody that's interested in writing a book or if you've written one, um, but want to figure out how to use it as part of your business, um, then please join us at four o'clock today. Um, thank you, Linnell. Thank and yeah, I think you can just add it to your schedule from the actual um, Breakfast of Champions club room too. Yes, ma'am. I went and did that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Look forward to seeing you. Um, did anyone else have a question or a comment? I'm scrolling through here. So we are at the top of the hour, and um, if you have not gotten this information yet, so right now in the Breakfast Champions, we are really trying to optimize the experience for everyone. And so right 
we understand, you know, a limitation with Clubhouse is you cannot change the title of the room. And so for people are coming and going, oftentimes it's really hard for everyone to know what we're talking about. And sometimes people are missing some of their favorite sessions and moderators. So every day right now, we are closing this room at um, 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. And then we are opening another room, which I believe has already, it has already opened up. And it's a social media show um, that, that has been running forever that everybody loves. And then today, just as we recalibrate the schedule, after the social media show, we're actually going to have a break. And then we will be, um, it'll be the show with Dre and I, and then actually be able to see the topics in your hallway. So please make sure you're following the Breakfast with Champions account on Instagram, and you'll constantly see the schedule and updates. Also, um, I just want to make sure that everybody is avail is made uh, aware that we have the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference happening in Lexington, Kentucky. That is November 5th through the 7th. Tickets are still available. And if you're not able to attend this event in person, then we now have a virtual option. So you can get all the information by going to growforgod.com and buy tickets. Or you can just visit the breakfastwithchampions.live and there's a link there as well to information about the event. So I am going to go ahead and say goodbye and close down this room and please go over and join the social media crew. They have all the latest and greatest information about social media platforms and a really fun program scheduled for today. Thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.